This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. We started this series out. The first week we talked about safety measures and we were looking for little foxes that have made their way into our homes that want to ruin our vineyard in bloom. Now you may say, because you weren't here for the sermon, you may, I don't have a vineyard. Well, your home is a vineyard because it's looking to bring forth good harvest for your family, your marriage, if you're a married individual, if you're single, even though you're single, your home is your vineyard. God's looking to bless you. And if you don't recognize the little foxes that are troublesome in your home, especially if you were to be married, in your marriage, those little things can grow up to be big problems. And the sooner we nip them in the bud, the better. Last week, we talked about honoring the home team. Your job's important, but your job's not near as important as your family. Your uh, interests outside, such as hobbies, all of us need a hobby, but your hobbies are not as important as your family. We were talking about last Sunday, honoring the home team, mother, father, husband, wife, children, and, and our blood connections, our home. Because at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, nothing is more important than faith and family. Everyone say faith. Now let's say family. That is the most important parts of our world our faith, and our family. And today, I'm going to be speaking about something, uh, and I'm going to kind of steal. My subtopic, I'm literally just stealing it right from someone that I have followed for many years. His name is Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. And I'm going to lift a, a, a part of his ministry and teaching, and I'm going to steal those two words, and I'm going to make them my subtopic today, and those words are this, financial peace financial peace. And the purpose of this message is to give you hope for your family and for your home. Dear Lord, over the next few moments, I pray that the content of which I share will be received in the same spirit of which it is spoken. I pray, Lord, right now, just by the word finance being mentioned, there was possibly walls that were put up. I'm gonna ask those that are here to be willing to listen for a few moments. Don't, don't turn it off and don't shut things down just because it's dealing with a sensitive topic. I pray, Lord, over the next few moments that you will let your word take root in our hearts. And I pray it all in Jesus' name, amen. Money oftentimes brings really bad stress own our homes, but it doesn't have to be that way. Money does not have to be a touchy subject. Money does not have to bring a stress load on you and it gets you kind of fidgety. Money does not have to be that way. God's idea of money and, and, and your money that you have in your pocket today or in your bank account or checking account or the lack thereof. God's idea of it is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And I wanna help you with it. I wanna talk about it. Not from my opinions, not from my wisdom and insight. I'm just like you. I need more wisdom and insight. 
but the word of God has the answers that we need when it comes to talking about finance. I wanna share with you a dream I have. It involves you. I have a dream for you, the same dream I have for my own family. And that dream is this, that every single one of us in this room, especially those that are part of this church family, my dream for you is for you to earn and work and make money to be able to be given, to be able to be saved in a proportion that's greater than what we spend. And if you and I could get to the point that we practice the rhythm of stewardship, every single one of us in this room will be so much better off because of it. Now let's talk about the number one danger with money. And that is comparing yours to the one next to you. The one next to you may have more or less than you. The one behind you may have more or less than you. The one in front of you may have more or less than you. So let's all get over it. There's always someone with more money than you. And there's always someone with less money than you. So deal with it. Because money is, it's not, it's not something that's found equal among people. But I second that statement with this. Take a deep breath and realize it's just money. It doesn't make you who you are. Your little money or your abundance of money does not tell me one thing about you. Because I know people that have a lot of money that lack a lot of integrity. I have friends in my life that have a lot of money that I wouldn't trust with a dollar that belonged to me. But then I also know people that does not have a lot of money that I would trust them with my children. Because money doesn't tell the whole story. It's just money. And money should not be stressful. Money should be something that you can use for your good and your blessing. Let's get started today. On your most difficult, stressful day on your job, remember that work, everyone say work, has always been in the plan of God. It's always been in the plan of God. Now, here's what we think. We think, whoa, I... Somebody told me somewhere, I don't really claim to know all there is about the Bible, Pastor Tommy, but I thought work kind of started when, when Adam and Eve had their mistakes in the garden. And, and isn't that where work kind of got thrown into the scene? Actually, what you're talking about is the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. And it takes place in the book of Genesis chapter three. And you are right. But the issue is before chapter three ever got there, there was chapter two. And in chapter two, while there was no failure of mankind, God created this beautiful place and he created a beautiful man and he formed a beautiful woman and he put them in a place called the garden. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter two, this is your garden, work for it and take care of it. What you're thinking about is totally legit when Man disobeyed God in chapter three. We have the fall of man. 
And sin was introduced by the act of disobedience. And with sin came judgment. And also with sin came the burdensome work. In other words, came hard labor. You ready? Check this out. This is so critical for the rest of our day together. The garden was never meant to be hard toil and labor. The garden was intended to be a blessing. But blessings have to be worked for and taken care of. Something happened before the first service started. I was walking my little six-year-old over to Calvary's kids and someone in the church stopped us. And and next thing I know, this gentleman has his wallet out and, and he looks at my little girl and he says, I've got a $20 bill for you. And I snatched that thing up and put it right here in my pocket. (laughs) Kid don't need no money. I waited till he turned around. I went, girl. I snatched that money so quick. (laughs) This was given to my daughter today. Now, I I I wanna help you with this. This is the garden. Some of you have a 20 today. Some of you just have a one. Some of you have a hundred. Everybody's garden in life is gonna be different. We already established. Everybody's gonna have more money than you and some people are gonna have less money. We get that. This was never meant to be a problem. This was meant to be a blessing that I have to work over and take care of. You ever been given something in a family heirloom, a ring, a necklace, a, a gun, something that somebody passed down to you and they told you, now you take care of that. That was your great granddaddy's. Blessings require your attention. Blessings can't be overlooked and taken for granted. They'll get rusty. They'll get broken. They'll get misplaced. You got to take care of blessings. The garden was a blessing for Adam and Eve. And God, before sin, before sin, said you're gonna need to work in this. This will be your provision. This garden is what's gonna bless you and your offspring. But you're gonna have to work in this garden. You're gonna have to take care of it. So therefore comes the introduction of what many people feel today is a dirty word. And it's not a dirty word. It's called work. Can you muster enough courage to say the word? I like the word money. But my mama told me not to talk like that. Come on, somebody just try it again. Work. It's always been God's plan. The first step to financial peace is to have finance. (laughs) 
old school Saturday Night Live would say, deep thoughts (laughs) with Pastor Tommy. But the first step to having financial peace, man, is finance. Where does finance come from? Where do you get your dollar, your 20, your 50, your 100? Because again, everybody's gonna have somebody that has less than and more than. Don't get hung up on amounts because that's completely irrelevant. You'll drive yourself crazy if you're always counting it. It's just money. But where do you get it? You work for it. Who gives you the ability to work? Your employer? No. God gives you the ability to work. Now, I know I'm, I'm, I'm in a room and, and I wanna just clear it up right now. There are situations where people can't work. Don't be easily offended. I'm smart enough to know there are disabilities, there are setbacks and challenges, there are people that won't work, that's having trouble to find work, so don't get touchy with me because I can get touchy with you. (laughs) So don't throw up your, take the excuses and get rid of them for the next 30 minutes or we'll go 50 minutes. drop the victim card, drop the excuse card, because I get it. There are some that can't. I get that, so don't throw that up to me on an email. (laughs) Delete. (laughs) Check it out. Work. Turn Proverbs. Man, my intro took so long, my sermon done blacked out. Proverbs, Proverbs chapter number 12, verse 11. Those who work their land, what's your garden? Everybody say money. Those that work their money, those that work their land will have abundant food. But those, Proverbs 12, 11, by the way, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. You'll know the person that chases fantasies because after three months on that real good job, it was just too far to drive. After two weeks on that real good job, they were offended that they actually had to show up on time. Those that chase fantasies after a couple weeks on that real good job, that health care provided, it was just too expensive to pay that copay. Boy, I'm about to preach up in this house. Don't be the man or the woman that drinks the Kool-Aid that anything's free in this life. Work your land. Faith, a misunderstanding of faith is sitting on the couch with a bag of chips and believing God to work it out. That's not faith. That's foolish. Faith works. Faith is active. Faith is making the calls, knocking on the doors. Faith is showing up early. Faith is staying late. Faith wakes up in the morning and goes to bed at night looking for the blessings of God 
and going after the blessings of God and chasing the blessings of God, not fantasies. And no matter what our government tells you, no matter what politicians tell you, nobody's going to pay for your stuff. Your work is what's going to pay for your stuff, or should I say should pay for your stuff. You're dismissed. Not for, I was joking. Some people, they're like, okay. I'm just messing. I'm just messing. Stay with this. Watch this. The first step to financial peace is you got to have something coming in. And God's idea of something coming in means you're going and getting it. And however much it is depends on you. I want to celebrate something. I was with someone yesterday that got their foot in the door on a job. Literally just got, just got lucky enough to get hired. Anybody ever been there? Just lucky enough to get hired. For all of you that are looking for work, I believe with you and I pray over you to get lucky enough just to get hired. Because that's, that's half the battle. If you could just get hired. But here's where the fun starts. If we could just get hired you be the absolute best that best that best can be and look for every opportunity to close that door behind you that you got your foot in. Now that your foot's in it, we're going to have to get it closed behind us. And then you're going to have to move on out of sight from the door where they can't even afford to think about getting rid of you. And I celebrate all of you that have gotten your foot in the door with whatever business it is, whether it's you starting your own business or whether you're working for someone else. Look for ways to move beyond where you started. Someone came to me after the first service and said, Pastor Tommy, oh, how I want to tell you my story. He said, I'm 22 months away from retiring I said, 22 months, man, that's, that is fantastic. You got yourself a plan. He said, oh yeah, but it started 37 years ago. Got his foot in the door 37 years ago, Miss Sandy, and for 37 years has found a way to make himself the man that they can't live without. Don't be content with just getting a check. Drive yourself Push yourself. Be the men, be the women, be the young people. This can start at 15, 16, 17, 15 years old. Mow that grass next door so good they can't ever imagine having another person mow that grass. I mean, take the time and blow the grass off. Take the time to bag it up. Make, take the time to write a thank you card for that job. Make yourself, I mean, the most valuable person on the team. Because financial peace starts with work. And it's not just work, it's hard work. No one in this room has the perfect job. There's a handful in this room that love their job. And if you're one that loves your job, you're ahead of the game. But even those of us that love our jobs, it's not a perfect job. So when the going gets tough, don't get going. Grind it out for 37 years and you'll be 22 months away from retirement. When the tough gets grinding, don't go missing. 
I don't even know if I have any other points. It's like I'm bogged down on this first point. Jacob, look at me. Just say, Pastor Tommy, preach your next point. I will. Thank you, Jacob. (laughs) After I'm done with this one. (laughs) Hang in there, somebody. Turn to your neighbor and say, hang in there. Hang in there. And for all of you that turned your resignation in last week, I'm sorry that you showed up today. <laughs> Man, my, daddy, my daddy's got a little saying. Uh, has, you know, it does with work, but it also involves so many other things. Man, you can fight a bear for a couple more weeks. Hang in there. And as bad as it gets, I've heard this other saying, it's just weird. It's kind of nasty. I've heard this saying, oh, I've had worse on my upper lip, never licked it. (laughs) Who makes up these things? It's just weird. However However you need to work, just if those little sayings help you, that's fine. I'm just saying, hang in there. Because I promise you this, you know what's worse than what you're going through on your job? Is no job. right if you have a loved one in your family for all of our students that are in this room if your mother and father are employed and they're 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 they're, they're putting food on your table I sincerely say this to every AO student in this room I want you to go and hug them before you go to bed at night and thank them for their work ethic. If your parents are unemployed, unfortunately, I want you to hug them and say, I'm praying, Mama, I'm praying, Daddy, that the right jobs come at the right time. Because work, man, is is an important, important, valuable issue in our world. And you got to get something coming in. No matter how small or no matter how much, That's your call. But here's the second thing, financial peace. We're gonna work hard, but secondly, we're gonna give generously. Not just give. We're gonna give generously. The brother this morning dropped a 20 on my kid. You may say, what a fool. Uh Uh-uh. I've been to that brother's house. He ain't no fool. I've been in his cars. That brother ain't no fool. And you may say, well, he's got extra. He's got extra because he's got a heart of generosity. Don't be the fool to think, well, if I had it, I'd give it. No, you wouldn't because you don't give what you have now. This is is, is my soapbox. Soapbox on my stump. Hey, man, don't hate on people that give. You ought to look behind the scenes. They worked for what they got, and they love to give because they know every time it opens and giving, they reach and getting something else. And they just, they drank the Kool-Aid. Somewhere in their life, they have realized my heart of generosity opens up doors I never could open by being selfish and stingy. Everybody say give generously. Matter of fact, I didn't mention this in the first service. I even want to say this. Give cheerfully. Men, married men, if you're a married brother and brave enough for a test, raise your hand. That's what I thought. 
I dare you to go buy your wife something really nice and cool and go, here. I don't even know why I'm doing this. This is stupid. It ain't like you need it. I've worked hard for it. Look at you. Here. Because I figured you expect it. Man, don't come, don't come into the kingdom of the Lord and try to give like that. How much of a blessing is it to give generously and cheerfully because you realize where your blessings come from? God gave you the strength to learn how to code on that computer. He gave you the wisdom how to run that wires electrician. He gave you the ability to teach those students. God's blessed you to be able to work whatever you're doing. He's given you the ability. So give generously back to the Lord. Let's talk about tithing for a moment. To the book of Proverbs again. Hang with me here. To the book of Proverbs chapter number three. Look at Proverbs chapter number three, verse nine. Honor the Lord. And then the Bible uses these cool words. With your first fruits. I don't think there's anyone in this service today that you would not want to give to the Lord. How do I know that? Man, you're at church on a Sunday. Most people in this room, you want to give to the Lord. But here... Here is where I'm going to show you how to open up true blessings in your life. And that's given to the Lord first. Most people struggle with this little secret of giving. Because they want to give with what's left. Instead of giving at first. Everything changes when you give first. I can't really explain it. But when you give the first 10% of your income, it's called the tithe in the scriptures. And, and I know what instantly just happened. Some of you went calculator on me. You literally got your, your mind. You don't even need your iPhone for this. Most of the time, two plus two, you're like, I gotta get my phone out. But as soon as I said 10%, you were like, oh, what? Most people go calculator and you're already, you're already severing yourself from the heart issue and you took it to the head issue. You don't get saved by your intellect and your, and your wisdom and your arithmetic. Nor do you get blessed by your wisdom and your intellect and your arithmetic. You get blessed from a heart issue. When you give your first fruits to the Lord... And before y'all think apples and oranges, this was tied to the practice in the scripture when the children of God were brought into the promised land, a place full of milk and honey. What they did with the Levitical priesthood was they literally took the first tenth of their crop, their harvest, and they put them in a basket and they brought them to the priest as a sacrifice. And they knew that if we can take this first and make sure that we give it to God, what we have left will be immensely blessed. But if we consume everything that's ours now, it's gonna get completely cursed and broken down line because God has saved us with an outstretched arm. 
He has rescued us. He has redeemed us. And here's the truth of the matter. God owns everything. I ask you to say the word work while ago. Do you know what's more difficult than saying the word work? That God owns everything. Everything? I worked for it. God owns everything. And the moment you take the huge step of saying, God, you own this. This is not mine. All this is, is my garden. And I'm going to give you the first fruits of it back. You instantly release the hand of favor and blessing on your life. Had a couple come to me after the first service. They sit on the third row, right in front of you, Teresa. That's where they sit every single Sunday on the first service. They came to me, and I'm not telling you that anybody has to do this today. I'm only sharing with you their story. They came to me and said, you know, Pastor Tommy, I know we've only been in this church for about three years, but if you would like to share our story, feel free to. Everything changed in our world when we put God first. And I said, oh yeah, I bet. He went, no, 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 no. Before you walk away, let me tell you, everything changed in our world. And I took a minute and I said, tell me about it. And they made a strategic decision to stop just giving when they wanted to give. And they started tithing on the very first 10% of their income. And you know what the man told me standing in this room today? They're about 60 years old, still working, not retired. He said, now we can't live with ourselves if we're not tithing 20%. And he says, we're making more today than we've ever made as a couple, ever. And he said, I look back over time. Every single time we increased our giving, God increased our income. And we've never been able to outgive without receiving. Every time we step up our giving, he steps up our blessing. Now, this preacher, before any of you wonder, I'm not telling you that anybody has to do that. But I just simply come back and ask you, what are you looking to receive? So it's not a preacher telling you what you got to do. I'm just trying to give you a little hope for your home. I'm just trying to get you out of financial stress into financial peace. Whether or not you take the prescription and use it, it's up to you. And for the record, I don't believe and some of you may, so I'm not going to get into a debate. Tithing's not a heaven or hell issue to me. It's not a heaven or hell issue. But I can tell you right now, it's God's stewardship program, God's stewardship principle for the blessings of God on your life. So if you're someone that you're saved, you love the Lord, but yet you find yourself under a lot of stress with your family, I just ask you, are you tithing? And if you are, if you are tithing, I would just simply say, don't be so quick to go running whenever things are tough. Because tithing does also what tithing does not promise you is immunity from life's struggles. But it does promise you the blessings of God on your life. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord this morning. We're going to work hard. We're going to give generously. And here comes the big boy of the day. We're going to save aggressively. Pastor Tommy, I ain't the sharpest tool in the drawer, but you already let me part ways with 10% of my income. How am I going to save 
Financial Peace University is a program on stewardship that this church has used for years now. It's proven itself over and over again in the families of this church. There are families in this, matter of fact, let's just do it for the fun of it. If you've been through financial peace, don't just raise your hand because there's a lot of people that have been through it that didn't use it. If you've been through Financial Peace University and you are a testimony of God's blessing for using the program, raise your hand. Did y'all feel that? It's like the air kicked on. Just hands. It's like ceiling fans running or something. If you need assistance in getting yourself out of debt, learning how to budget, learning how to stay within your means, there's a gentleman by the name of Dave Ramsey that has the most incredible teaching on this subject. And he allows local churches to take his material and teach it. My friend Kim Law is in this service and her friend Cynthia wants all of her attention right now. And <laughs> Cynthia, Cynthia is partnering with Kim and Cynthia is teaching the first three weeks of, uh, <laughs> oh, man, am I having fun right now. The problem with messing with Cynthia is she's going to mess with me for like three months over that right there. I'm in trouble with C-Buck. I know her, but check this out. Kim, Kim Law has taught financial peace here through the years, and we had dinner recently, and I felt stirred, man. I felt stirred instantly. This is a single woman making a, 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 a good living, but she's single, single woman, not a double income, single income. And through Dave Ramsey's teaching has gotten herself personally completely out of debt, bought her a home, drives debt-free vehicles, and has money on reserve for emergencies and long-term savings. And through the program, she has literally submitted herself to the Word of God and this little helpmate called Financial Peace University. And she, for years now, has been teaching it to others in this church. Well, I'm excited to say in the fall, we're going to run this program again. The good news is if you've been through the program, you get to go back through the program if, it, if there's something you need tweaked. If you've never been through the program, it's of minimal cost. And, and I know what you just thought, but I'm the one needing financial help and you're gonna make me pay for it. Yeah, because you don't pay for it, you won't show up. That's what's gotten you in the mess you're in. Soapbox. It's a minimal cost. I think it's like 90 bucks or 100 bucks. And it's a nine-week class. And what we want to do is show you through the word of God, there is hope for your home. Amen. Wise people, the Bible says in Proverbs, if you want that scripture, Proverbs chapter number 21 and 20. Proverbs 21 and 20 tells us that the wise man stores up for his household. But it goes on to say, but the fool spends every dime of it. Well, what are we saving for? Wise people save for emergencies. Wise people save for lean earning years when economies turn. And wise people save for another word that nobody wants to talk about, and it's the word retirement. Because unless you want to work until you can't move, you're going to need to plan for that. There's nothing wrong with having a plan. There's everything wrong for not. 
Now, our first service demographic is different group than this group, majority-wise. There's a handful down in that service and there's a handful in this service. But I want to talk about something, okay? I watched through the years men and women in this church have to work and toil and sacrifice to take care of their parents in their latter years. Take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. God's plan is for aging parents not to be a burden on their children and grandchildren. God's plan is for them to be a blessing to them, which then becomes a generational blessing that allows their children not to be a burden to their children and so on. So therefore, my point is, Keith, we're gonna have to start doing our dead level best at our ages to plan not just for emergencies of the flat tire and the transmission that goes out, we're going to have to start planning for not just retirement to where we don't have to, you know, skip a meal, but we're going to have to start doing something now. And again, everybody's garden's different. You don't make a small enough money to, to get you out of this, nor do you make enough money to get you out of this. God's plan for you and your future is not to have someone else float you. God's plan for you is to live in abundance within your means. Within the context of your garden. If you're a $20 guy, you're not going to retire like a $100 guy. And you're going to have to be okay with that. Are you, are you tracking with me? And I know, I know some of you are so checked out. And you're like, man, I was wanting some Holy Ghost stuff and I was wanting to run. Problem is you're running, but you're broke. Listen to me, if I'm gonna get my shout on, I can shout broke or I can shout with something in my pocket. And I can tell you, I like shouting with something in my pocket. I have no idea where that came from, but it was good. Matter of fact, I ought have done it in the first service. It's like that old joke, you know, the daddy told his son, now son, I know, I know you, you know you're getting in the dating years, you're gonna get married. You know, you can marry a rich one, uh, just like you can marry a, a broke one. So, uh, just like pretty and, well, I better move on. <clears throat> Three statements for you to write down and then we'll move on to my fourth point. I'm preaching way too long today. I just love this topic, though. Let me give you three points to write down. And all of you that we've been doing premarital counseling with, all of you already heard this in the last few weeks. I see a lot of you couples have been meeting with three statements right out of financial peace that'll give you peace instead of stress. Whatever your 100% is, whether it's a $10 or $100, obviously, most people implore to make it in the thousands, but we'll just keep it simple for us. Whatever your 100% is, take the first 10% and give it to the work of the Lord. That's your tithe. Take the second 10% and give it to yourself because you worked hard for it. 
Well, Pastor, I'm from Louisiana. That sounds like I'm left with 80%. It is. (laughs) Now you budget off of 80%. What's a budget? That's a whole nother topic. You live within the 80%. And can I tell you before all of you, I'm telling you, I've witnessed it. And, and, I, and I, man, I know I crack on my mom and daddy a lot, having fun, but I want to give honor to them because I'm telling you right now, I'm living proof of watching for years a minimal income but retired well. Never missed a tithing opportunity. Never missed a saving opportunity. And now in my, my part of my life, having to raise my children, I do not have the burden of trying to make sure that they can keep their electricity on and make sure they got gas in their cars. Well, yeah, he probably had a real fancy job. No, he was straight commission. Meaning if he sold the product, he got money. If he didn't, he didn't. It's called work. Meanwhile, there's a lot of people in this room that you have companies that want to say, if you'll save a dollar, you know, we'll give you a dollar. Uh-uh. No, no I'm, I'm sorry, you misunderstood me. If you'll save a dollar, we'll give you a dollar. I don't trust it. No, what you're not understanding is we want to bless you. Uh Ah. Ladies and gentlemen, ain't nobody going to foot your bill later in life. And if they do, they're going to do it and be upset about it. Now, for you that are in the room, don't be so tender and sensitive to think that I'm making this personal if you're not in that position. Because I can tell you right now, for all the parents in the room that you're gonna have to lean on your children, this is not an attack to you. This is your golden opportunity to sit down with your children and say, I know I've become a burden and I wanna thank you for honoring me and helping me in my mistakes. Whatever we can do as a team to help you not to fall in the same trap, I wanna partner with you and help you. Can we keep your children to lessen your burden of childcare? Can we do this and that? Can you, would you like to use our vehicles at times? Do something to find the win in this because you can take what could be a generational curse, if you will. I know that's kind of taking my liberty on that phrase and you can turn it into a generational blessing. Just talking about hope for your family and hope for your home. You need to work hard. You need to give with generosity. And you need to save aggressively. But then guess what comes the final thought of the day? That 80%, we're going to have to start spending wisely. And I close with some fun things, but yet powerful thoughts. All of us are consumers in this room. Whether we're buying bubble gum or Cadillacs, we're all consumers. We're consumers but we cannot afford to be consumed with consuming. Tweet it. (laughs) You can't afford to be consumed with consuming. 
Which one of these apply to you before we go home? Are you an ego spender? I don't know, what's that mean? Are you the kind of man that keeps your wife and kids on a shoestring budget, but you'll spend whatever you want on you? You down at, you down at the restaurant for lunch, but they're at the house with peanut butter and jelly. They down shopping at the dollar store and you're, you're a Neiman's. You got an ego issue. Or let's flip the roles. Or are you the stay-at-home mom that's making your husband work 60 hours a week while you shop on the TV channel? Would you like to store this credit card for future purchases? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to have to reach in my wallet and put them numbers in. I just want to say, beep. And before you think I'm just messing with you, people part ways in loving relationships because one of the two want the money. And the garden in marriage is for the home. The garden. Matter of fact, let me just do a little pastoring. Does your spouse know what you have? I'm going to get real nosy. Does your spouse know what y'all got? Or are you so crazy to say, oh, she takes care of that. Yeah, she takes care of it. Oh, well, he manages it. I bet he does. I'm messing. I'm meddling. Bishop's going to take this whole work back starting next week after this sermon, boy. What about this? Entitled spending. Entitled spending. Because you think you deserve it. Well, I worked for it. I deserve it. Nobody deserves debt. Well, I'll catch it next week. No, you're not. Because you still ain't caught last year's. best definition of entitlement you'll ever hear thinking you have a right to something that is a privilege <laughs> man in this church he's not here in this service man in this church had a big piece of property with one of the most beautiful fishing lakes he said pastor I heard you like to fish mm-hmm. I'm going to take you fishing on my ranch you got a ranch mm-hmm I said, he said, I'm gonna pick you up at the church, okay? And we'll go fishing. Okay. We drove, pulled into this majestic piece of property. Boy, I threw my fishing line out there and I'm just dreaming. Man, look at this. You know, I said, boy, if I had this, I'd be out here every day. And he said, you wouldn't have it long. And I said, you want something to drink? I'm going to grab a cold drink. You want something? I'm changing the subject quick. Boy, I feel like a fool. Entitlement. I deserve that. Maybe after 37 years, an increase 
Maybe you can bless yourself with a little something. Our problem in my generation, I ain't calling anybody else out, but I'll talk about us. So if you're about my age, 20, Our problem is we want stuff overnight that our parents worked for for 40 years. That's our problem. And let me drop something else on us. I'm proud to say, and I don't say this with arrogance, I say it with gratitude to this church, but I also want to brag on myself a little bit. And I don't mean it in a prideful way. August 1st, Bishop, thank you for taking a chance on me. August 1st will always be a date that makes me tender because August 1st, I start my 19th year in the same job. So what my point is, you never get ahead by always starting over. I worry about people when I call them, it says the number's changed. And I bump into them, man, I tried to call you. Yeah, I changed my number. Why? Well... And you're like, oh, okay. What's your new number? Here you go. And then it's like, I can't text him ever again. I don't know if it's going to be the right number. Always starting over, starting over, starting over. What about emotional spending? Man, I've had a long, hard night. I got to go to Nordstrom. They call it retail. What? Blows my mind how many people know it. Retail. Makes me feel better when I buy myself something nice. But it makes me feel sick having to pay for it. I'm almost done. I know y'all are hungry. And y'all deserve something to eat for all y'all's hard work. I know you've been through it today. It's been a long, hard hour. You deserve it. <laughs> Last but not least, <laughs> plus I got to hurry because we got small groups today. Check this out. Exhausted spending. So you got some ego spending. You got emotional spending. You, 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 you've got entitled spending, entitlement spending. What about exhausted spending? And this really sums it all up. Well, what, what's that mean? That means you're so tired because you don't have any money left. And you know that you don't have options. You got to wake up and do it all over again because you haven't put God first. You haven't take care, you have not taken care of home. And now you are living out the bumper sticker. Off to work I go to pay for what I owe. And that's your life. And can I tell you that would make any of us exhausted. You can't afford a vacation. You can't afford a staycation. Because you're just tired. Working, 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 working. And I close with this, and I really hope that you'll hear me in my spirit to be a voice of reason. I do know that there's some in this room that your checklist is you, you have done properly everything we talk about. 
you're a tither, you have a great job, you save, but you're still tired. May I tell you then, just as we, just as we all need to try to increase the, out, the, the income, we need to try to cut off the outgo, but it may not be bills. You may have to learn stewardship of your time. And I'm speaking to a room that's full of hardworking, good people that love God or you wouldn't be here. But honor the home team enough And one person said, if you want your children to turn out well, spend more time with them and half the money. So if you're a tither, you're a worker, you're a saver, some of you men in this room, I marvel at your work ethic. Hard working blue collar jobs that it would break me physically. I, I don't understand how some of you men work as hard as you do. And some of you women, the hours you're pulling, I celebrate you. But let's just keep things in perspective. And let's make sure that we're working for this and this is not working us. And let's make sure that what we own doesn't own us. Let's stay healthy in our homes. Stand with me. I do apologize for the lengthy sermon, but I don't apologize for what I've spoken. I do know that I could have said it in a quicker way, but you know what? You wouldn't have got to laugh so much. Lord Jesus, thank you for my friends. I bless these that are in need of employment. I know they're weary of the job search, and at times they question themselves and their abilities but that's a work of the enemy. I pray for every man and woman that is in need of employment. I pray in Jesus' name that your favor will come upon them in the right job with the right pay at the right place with the right benefits that all of it align for their good. For those that are employed, I pray, Father, that their schedules work out for their good. I pray for them to receive income increase. I pray for those in this room that are lacking in the area of benefits and their family desperately needs them. I pray for a miracle, a miracle to take place where their employer or their HR department announces, whether it be in person or through an email, just a casual slip of an email that says, introducing our new benefit program. I pray for that. I pray for the family that is very, very tight and they're feeling the pressure financially because they're carrying debt, I pray that they would be so courageous that they would not put their head in the sand and keep paying minimums, but Lord, that they would take this sermon seriously and that they would contact the church or maybe reach out to Kim Law personally or, or just sit by and, 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 and with, with bated breath looking forward to the opportunity to sign up and register for Financial Peace University and be willing to go through the pain of surgery that will bring them to health. I pray, Lord Jesus, right now in closing for the most tender prayer of this day, I pray that these incredible students at AO would not have to live in homes that were based on stress, but they would live in homes that were full of peace. 
Peace in the mom and dad's marriage. Peace in the parenting skills. And as today's sermon has been about, peace financially. Lord Jesus, this preacher closes this today, not praying for wealth upon all of us because wealth would actually take some of us to our grave. But we are praying for provision. We're praying for hope and blessing. And we'll be quick to honor you and put you first. Take care of ourselves second and be able to live in our adult senior type years not being a burden. I pray all of this in Jesus' name and let the church say amen. amen. Let's clap our hands in dismissal today. I love each and every one of you. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday for our friend from Lithuania, seven o'clock. You're dismissed today.